Welcome back, everybody, to Sales Never Fails. This is your host, Steve Kramer. I'm joined today, as I am every other time, by uh, Parker Hurley. Parks, how are you doing today, bud? Doing good, man. Number eight um, out of 32 teams. We're going through the draft order, um, going through some off-season needs, kind of previewing not only the draft but the off-season. So uh, officially one-fourth one of the way done. Yeah, uh, number eight is the Detroit Lions. They had a 6-10 uh, 2018 Parks last place in the NFC um, North. Uh, Parks covers the Steelers and the Bears, so he knows a lot about you know the NFC North with covering the Bears, so he a good bit of the Lions um, and coaching front office moves really um, they moved on from Jim Bob Cooter and hired uh, Daryl Bevel from Seattle um, and it's looking like spot rack has them at about like 30 and a half million in cap space um, we can start with the offense here parks and obviously the most important position quarterback they're going to roll with Stafford again next year um, I remember reports that they're saying they may trade him, but then the Lions came out and said that they're not going to trade him. So he'll be back next year with like a $29.5 million cap hit. Yeah, and before you guys officially turn off when he said that I cover the Bears, I will note that um, I'm not a Bears fan by like, by any stretch. I live in Pittsburgh, so I, I don't care about the Chicago Bears. I just I just watch them as more than another team, you know. So I talk about them. That's that's how I feel. So um, I'll give as fair analysis as possible with the Detroit Lions because I have no hatred towards them, no ill will towards them whatsoever. Like I know they have a decent little rivalry, the Bears and the Lions. So um, like you said, Matt Stafford. Um, you know, it's clear that with the Patricia, when he came in, um, his intentions are to run the football and take some of the burden off of Stafford. I think he really likes the idea of Stafford off of play action. Um, I think he likes the idea of Stafford bootlegging. And I mean, I think you saw that from literally like once he got in there, you know, they draft a center in the first round. They trade up for carry on Johnson. You know, they trade uh, Golden Tate. You know, they even added, you know, a run stuffing defensive um Lineman, you know, because I, Patricia's buying into this, you know, let's run the ball, let's stop the run, let's get Stafford off of play action, and um, that's probably, that's a decent way, you know, to, to get Stafford into it. Everyone looks at Stafford as, you know, a gunslinger, he has the arm, you know, high, you know, volume throwing, so I think what Patricia's saying is, like, we've seen the high volume stuff, we haven't seen it work, let's try and see it off of play action, it's just last season... You know, when you have a rookie center and when on Johnson's banged up and when, you know, Marvin Jones gets banged up and you trade Golden Tate, it all just, you know, it fell apart on him. So I even said on the podcast, I think it was like week 16 or 17, that kind of giving Patricia a pass this year. I know everybody's down on him and the way he handles the media is just weird. Um, and I'll have to point out, I know I'm pretty sure Ryan Rossillo said it. So I'll give Ryan Rossillo credit because he said that um, he is a personal friendship with Eric Mangini, you know, because Rosillo works, or used to work for ESPN, and Mangini used to work for ESPN, and he said the one thing that he talked to Mangini about, the one thing Mangini really regrets about coaching for the Jets, is that he tried way too hard to be Bill Belichick, when he should have just been himself, you know, just like, you learn, you take what you learn from Bill Belichick, obviously, but don't be Bill Belichick, be yourself, and it just seems like, you know, with the way he's handling the media, and just like the way he's acting, he's trying too hard to put on this spiel, or this persona, that he's Belichick and you don't want to end up like Eric Mangini on ESPN in like three or four years so um that is I think that was a really good piece of advice for Mangini yeah I think that has to do with you know why a lot of his assistants really haven't panned out because a lot of them have tried to you know like act a lot like he likes and it really you have to be your own like personality like how it works for Belichick but it's not necessarily going to work for everybody 
I think it works for him because that's who he is. You know, that's like, he's literally, that's as genuine as he is. And, you know, nobody's wired like Bill Belichick. You know, we can all, you know, we can be humans and admit that, like, you know, nobody's wired like each other. So, yeah, be yourself. Um, And I think that that would really help him. So, um, like I said, I'm giving him another chance. And I think his idea for Stafford makes sense on paper. It's just... um, you know, it does he have the right pieces to pull it off? Like you said, he hired Bevel, who was, you know, hot and cold with the Seahawks, honestly. But what he did was ran the football and, you know, got Russ Wilson off of play action, which is what you're, you know, what they're going to try and do with Stafford here. Yeah, Bevel makes definitely makes sense uh, from a schematic standpoint with uh, what Patricia's going to try and do with their offense. And like Parker talked about, um, we're both from Pittsburgh. And if you're Lions fans and, you know, you haven't listened to us before during the season, on Tuesday, uh, during yeah, during the season, every Tuesday we do a recap of every game from the previous week, and then on Thursdays we do a preview, like an in-depth preview. Parker does of uh, every matchup coming up for that week. Um, but like, we also give you like a betting in fantasy and DFS angle, and I know Parker like agrees with me on this. Like as we've gotten further and further into betting as the years have gone on, um, you kind of separate that like. The teams that, you know, betting with your heart and betting with your mind, like you become less and less of a fan, um, like you were saying with like the Bears. And even with the Steelers, I've noticed that like, you know, you just kind of separate the two and you even become like a little bit less of a fan. Yeah, and that's, I mean, just to talk about the Steelers, you know, I said they were going to go 10-6, and six and they went 9-6-1, and one, and that's why everyone's acting like the sky's falling, and I'm just sitting around like, this is kind of what they were, they were, guys. You know, so that's where, yeah, I just call it like I see it, and that's where, um, with like I said, with the Bears, like I, I could care less about the Bears. Um, I just I call them how I see them. I think they are good, but um, yeah, that's that's what the Lions are trying to do. Um, that's where I feel with Matthew Stafford is you know with the projection of him and yeah, um, like I said with the running backs, you know, they're gonna ride Carry On Johnson or you know their plans are to ride Carry On Johnson, you know, but um. And yeah, get Theo Riddick, um, kind of work him because he can play running back and he can play in the slot a little bit. And that's what, you know, not to say that, you know, he's following in Belichick, but that's what the Patriots do to create a lot of mismatches. So, um, that's really, yeah, that's what this offense is going to be built upon. Carry on Johnson and Theo Riddick, I think, because the ability, they can shuffle actually both of them. Carry on can catch too. So they can shuffle both of them out of the backfield. Um, and it'll help Stafford out in that, you know, their running formations. Um, so I think it's, it, that's kind of going to be the meat of their um, offense moving forward. It's just, like I said, Johnson got hurt and it really screwed things up. So it'll be interesting to see new OC, you know, carry on Johnson should be healthy. Um, Stafford's here, you know, like I said, some rookie alignment and everything. So we'll see how it, it works out for them. Yeah. So they have a uh, blunt and center as free agents. Do you think that they probably move on from the Garrett Blunt? I would assume so, and if you listen to our podcast, the one thing that I just screamed about Lions was um, they just used Blunt. Not only the way they used Blunt was just terribly, because it was yeah. obvious run formations, they ran him into 10 dudes, um, and it just yeah, never... Yeah, right, exactly, and he just, he wasn't, you know, he couldn't just plow over 10 dudes to get, you know, five yards, so he was, you know, he just had, he was the most inefficient running back, Um, so I think, you know, they could probably just move on from him, I know uh, Patricia trusts him and everything, but Zenner came on as the season went on, and Zenner has the power, Um, I think because Theo can catch, carry on to do everything, I think you get Zenner in as your power back, um, and you move on from LeGarrette Blunt. so hopefully that's, that's the move. Yeah, so we covered quarterbacks and running backs. We can move on uh, to wide receivers now. Um, looks like they have T.J. Jones and Bruce Ellington are UFAs. They're bringing back uh, Galladay, who made some great strides last year. I know, like, 
whenever he was healthy and played, like he was, he was really impressive. Still have Marvin Jones. Um, they need some depth behind them, though. You think? Probably, and this is where it gets tough into where, you know, what's Patricia really want to do? Um, he obviously, Marvin Jones, like I said, um, I know he's a run first, you know, he's looking to run the football, establish the run, all that, but the key to running the football is that we have Marvin Jones, you know, so even if you guys even creep up for a second, we're going to start killing you with Marvin Jones, or Marvin Jones is always in the back of your minds because he can go deep down the football field, and if it's one-on-one coverage with Marvin Jones, it's a bad idea, you know, so when Marvin Jones got hurt and they had no deep ball respect, that's where even the running game, you know, Marvin Jones affects the running game in that capacity, so, um, Marvin jo- getting Marvin Jones back healthy is just it's it's huge because Kenny Galladay took a huge step forward. He's a guy that can do everything, you know, play inside, play outside. Um, he was on my fantasy team, so um, really loved his breakout season. So um, I, I really do. Um, the Steelers were interested in him. Um, it was the Juju draft, I think. If they didn't get Juju so high, they would have took Galladay. And you know how good the Steelers are at drafting receivers. So um, you just know that you know a guy like Galladay is going to be, um, you know, just continue to blossom. And I really, you know, he had terrible quarterback play in college, and he's just really blossoming now in the NFL. So I mean, you have two studs. And like I said, Theo Riddick, you know, motion him into the slot. Carry on every once in a while, you can motion him into the slot. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, or no, what, you said TJ Jones isn't coming, or he's a free agent at this point, so it's, it's, I don't know, you know, I don't know if they would, because I think also you could add a tight end, too, um, that we're going to obviously get into, but um, that's where I'm saying, you know, you could go two running backs, two tight ends, you could really go more towards um, two wide receiver sets to where it's not a huge priority. They're obviously going to add somebody. Um, if TJ Jones wants to come back at the right price, you know, he's not very, you know, dynamic. He's kind of like that Jeremy Curley type of mold, you know, but um, if you, you could potentially upgrade over that, but I don't think you put a lot of resources into that um, because I think Theo takes a little bit away from it. And I think that um, maybe you add a tight end even more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on uh, to the tight end, like you just mentioned, um, they have Michael Roberts and Jerome Cunningham um, on the cap for next year. Um, they definitely are going to need to add someone, don't you think? That's absolutely, man. And I think that Michael Roberts is what you want in your second tight end. You know, he can block a little bit. He can catch the football. He has long arms. He can be a red zone threat. But he's, you know, he's just, he's well-versed, but he's not, you know, he's good at everything, you know, not great at anything type of player. Um, I think you just need a guy next to him and to where, um, you know, you get Roberts and, um, you know, whoever this tight end is, you know. I know, I think there are even some mocks that they could take uh, the kid from Iowa pretty high. Um, You know, so um, I don't know if, you know, because of tight end, but it's a perfect fit for their offense because of what Patricia wants to do. And if you could get two tight ends, you know, a running back, or if you could get, you know, two running backs and a a tight end, or, you know, Michael Roberts can mix in, then it really cuts into that lack of a receiver, you know, and, you know, Michael Roberts can motion out into the slot every once in a while, Um, a new tight end, you know, like I said, maybe it is a, a high draft pick. I think because of this tight end class is decent, they could even get one in the second round too. So, um, I really think you're looking, you know, as, as far as the skilled players, like I said, carry on and Riddick. If you could get back Zenner, you're feeling good about it. Stafford, you're comfortable. Receiver, we'll see. Based on what you do at tight end, I really think tight end is a good, uh, it's a need position. Yeah, I don't know that at eight, uh, they could go with TJ Hawkinson. They could actually maybe move back a little bit, maybe like 10 picks or five picks there and maybe get some more draft capital. Um but depending on, you know, what they want to do with that eighth overall pick, because um, we're going to talk about the defense here. They're going to be moving on from a big piece um, that just wasn't really 
a scheme fit. Uh, we can start on on the defense with um, at the end. Uh, you know, like they're going to probably move on from Zeke Lanza because he wasn't a big fit, but they do have uh, Jonathan Wynn, Eric Lee, and Deshaun Handel coming back at end. Yeah, we forgot their offensive line, um, mainly Probably. because it's we're, they're just gonna like run it back for the most part, honestly. Um, yeah, they only have one UFA. Yeah, and it's what Wagner's gonna start a tackle, Decker's gonna start a tackle. Um, Lang. Yeah, Lang, Ragnow, um, and yeah. Gall, or yeah, Lang, Ragnow, and Glasgow, and then Dahl some depth. So I mean, even Tyrell Crosby is um, yeah. he could kick into guard and he could play tackle. So I mean, yeah, they're just gonna run it back on the offensive line. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get back, right back into the. Uh, like you said, the D-line, um, they're running more of a 3-4, and with that, um, you get a guy like Snacks Harrison, um, you know, and Snacks Harrison is easily the best run defender, um, pretty much like five years running. Uh, there's just nobody, you know, they call him Snacks for a reason, like he eats up running backs, that's just literally what this dude does. Um, the issue with Snacks is he does absolutely nothing in the passing game, you know? So he helps a little bit on the rundowns, but he's not like, like if you would say, you know, like nobody knows of, of Harrison uh, because all he does is defend the run and nobody really pays too much attention to that. So um, I just think that's kind of funny. But, but beside him, in terms of like your 3-4 look, you pretty much have Sean Robinson and Deshaun Hand, um, two guys from Alabama, you know, two guys that... Um, we're kind of, I don't know, they're, they're, I think Hand is really good um, in this new scheme next to uh, Damon Harrison. Sean, I mean, he's pretty good at getting up the field, which is nice for him next to Harrison, but he's still kind of like picking up, you know, picking it up a little bit. And it kind of took him two years to pick it up or, you know, like a year to pick it up um, last year, you know, and then he changes scheme. So it's going to be a really interesting year three to see, you know, if he could take a step forward from last year, because um, I'm definitely, I'm re- at this point, I'm higher on hand than I even am on uh, Robinson. But then you're kind of looking behind that. You probably need some depth. Um, Jerron Jones is just, like, he's a big body that kind of has no idea what he's doing at this point. Um, could slot in, you know, and could play a little bit in that Sean Robinson role. But um, besides that, you're really looking at, um, you probably need some uh, defensive linemen there. And then you're looking to the edge group, and I mean, there's like, there's really not one in sight at this point, you know? So um, that's where, like you said, Ziggy Ansah, um, he's just a pure 4-3 pass rusher, you know? He's not going to get out in space and move around. He's not going to, you know, do what Matt Patricia wants, um, you know, an edge rusher to do, honestly. So he's just not a fit whatsoever. Um, Devon Kennard isn't even necessarily like a great fit either, so... Um, they're just heading into this year with like just a huge question mark in that position. Um, you know, you're kind of just looking at this roster and saying, you know, well, who could really fit into there, you know? So um, they're in a tough spot in terms of that regard. At least they have, you know, um, like I said, I like hand Harrison is perfect for what he does. And if Robinson could play well, you have your three guys, you know, in that three, four look, but um, yeah, even as far as a four man rush, you know, it's probably going to be, Robinson and what's his name um hand you know we take snacks off the field for for like four man nickel situations so it's Robinson and hand and then it's like who's on the outside rushing right now um they have nobody I mean I don't how much cap space did you say they have um a little bit like like 30 and a half I mean, if there's one thing that they, you know, go spend some money on, like I said, if maybe if you do draft a tight end eighth overall, you know, some edge rusher or, you know, an edge rusher could be there at eight or you draft a tight end there and, you know, you go get a clowny or I know there's like a lot of good um, edge rushers on the market this year. If there's anything you spend on, it's that. Yeah. Do you think they can move on from Kennard because he's not really a fit too? I mean, his cap hits like 
5.7. What's the dead cap on that? Yeah, but it really isn't a fit, so they could probably save. Um, I think I, di- I didn't half, note it because I... Half. What is it? Three and a half, post-June, 1.75. So, yeah, they could probably move on from him, too. Um, and honestly, it would probably be better for him to be, um, yeah, more of like a strong side off the ball linebacker even than, uh, than a 3-4 outside linebacker. So, it's yeah, it's just like him and Ziggy, you know, were there, and then they changed schemes, and now I don't think either of them are really going to be there. Yeah, I mean, moving on to the inside... Uh... They do have Christian Jones and Gerard Davis. Who I know you like Davis a little bit. Um, they it looks like they have a couple of depth guys coming back. Um, they got Eli Harold, uh, Kelvin Shepard, and Steve Longa, all our uh, three agents. Do you think they'll bring Harold back, or do you think they'll roll with what they have? Harold, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's he's just yeah, a really he's good. a rotational three four outside linebacker. So the fact that they need so much at the outside linebacker, he could play a little bit. And then I forgot. Um, Romeo Aquara, I mean, he was a 4-3 DN2, but he could, just because of the need there, maybe you re-sign him, but I mean, even him, he's probably gone too, but um, Harold probably stays because, um, you know, I don't think they can address, you know, they can't bring in four new edge rushers um, due to the money and draft capital that it takes to, bring, you know, find quality edge rushers. You can't just like, you know, edge rusher isn't a position that you just like kind of get overnight, you know, so um, that's where you got to keep a guy like him. But um, at, at least at the linebacker spot, um, you like Jared Davis. He's a first-round pick. This is kind of a big year for him because he was in the scheme change too, but he could easily move to the 3-4 defense. And I think he really started to shine towards the end of the season. So he's pretty good. I think Jalen Reeves-Mabin could play next to him. I know Christian Jones is slotted in, but like I said, I'm a Bears guy. I know Christian Jones. He's um, You'd love to have him as your special teamer. You, you don't want him to be your starter, and he was a starter for them way too often last season. So um, hopefully you could get a step forward from Reeves Mabin, but you're really looking and saying, we need another guy next to Jared Davis even too with, you know, even, you know, all these guys kind of sorting itself out. You know, Jones and Reeves Mabin as your third and fourth inside linebackers, you're like, yeah, we love the depth. And then Jared Davis is a lead dog. You love that, but you need another guy beside him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving on, you know, to the back end of the defense, uh, looking at cornerback, um, they have three guys that are, going to be um, free agents, Marcus Cooper, Deshaun Sheed, and Charles Washington. Um, but they're still bringing back uh, Darius Slay, uh, Nevin Lawson, Jalen Tabor. Um, are they okay at corner? Do you think that they're going to need some depth help there as well? Probably need some depth. Like you said, Darius Slay is definitely yeah, legitimate. Yeah, because, I mean, Lawson can slot into the slot. Um, but, I mean, you talk about, you know, another player make or break, Tease Tabor. You know, um, or he's Jalen Tabor now, but uh, either way, he it's a make or break year for him, and he was always such a volatile prospect, even. And I don't think he did anything as a rookie season, and he was honestly, you know, he showed some ups, showed some downs too. You know, so it's, it's a big year for him. I don't think you just go into the regular season, you know, just with him. You know, you find some depth behind him, or you push him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really anything else on the roster, so. Um, they're gonna have to find. They're gonna have to look for some cornerback help. I think way more. Um, I think you trust Lawson in the slot more than Tabor on the outside, though. Yeah, they're definitely gonna need some. You know, you can rely on Slay, but like Tabor's a kind of a question mark. Like you said, having Lawson slotted um, in the slot corner role, they're gonna need to get pick up another guy there. But at, uh, at safety, um, I don't see any pending free agents. But you know, they're bringing back Liver Quinn. He has a pretty big cap hit for next year. Um, do you think they're going to end up rolling with Quinn and Diggs, or what do you think they're going to do there? 
it's, it's going to be dependent on what they think about Tracy Walker or what they also think about, you know, what they could maneuver. Um, but mainly what they think about Tracy Walker, because um, Diggs, I think, had a good year and I think he slotted in. But I think Tracy Walker could play. Um, what's nice about him and Diggs, honestly, is both can play free, both could play high and both could actually move into the slot if needed. So um, Tracy Walker's kind of undersized, but he kind of comes from like the Glover Quinn mold. Um, kind of reminds me of him, so I feel like he could replace him this season, and he's a guy that Patricia drafted, whereas Glover Quinn was like on the roster beforehand, you know, so I feel like uh, Tracy Walker has the potential to start at free safety, and then you've got uh, Diggs, and then you would obviously need depth behind that, and that's where maybe you cut, uh, you know, uh, Quinn because then you get some depth behind that, but um, at the same time, there's so many other needs at, uh, on defense, so... Maybe you keep Quinn for some of the continuity, and you could put, you know, Walker could play some dime corner and everything like that. Um, it, that's where it depends on really where they stand on Tracy Walker. Um, but they could save some money there, and then, yeah, put that towards the front seven. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, year two of Patricia as he kind of gets, you know, his scheme in there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, like we've talked about, you know, during the, uh, during the year, if you're just a linesman checking us out, we do do the matchup previews. So if you want to hear that, during uh, during the season, um, Parker watches every game. You know the All Twenty Two view and breaks those down pretty in depth uh, matchups during the year. Um, if you follow us at TNF underscore podcast, we'll be tweeting out you know all the podcasts as we go through them. We'll be doing position previews uh, after the combine for all the guys in the draft. Uh, Parks, do you have anything else you want to add? No, yeah, that's it. Just check us out on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you there. All right, guys.